feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Call this college rule! Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Chris and Dom here, and uh, today, before we get into this episode, as always, making sure you know we are recording down here at Angle Studio in downtown Tucson for all your audio needs. And uh, also, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe all of our social medias. we got to pump those numbers up. And also, please comment on our videos and our uh, podcast. Just, uh, you have any suggestions as far as how to make the podcast better? Any episodes you want done, just let us know. Just let us know, Chris. Yep. And uh, today we have a very uh, special episode. We're starting off a block. Yeah. New block. Uh, A unique block for us, I'll say that. Very much so. A unique block because we are talking about professional WWE, WCW, those types of wrestlers who had careers in... Sports that aren't rigged, I guess. I was going to say, the, they uh, started in unscripted sports, if you will. <laughs> um, most of them football and other careers. But today, I feel like we're talking about probably the most prolific uh, wrestler who has the best of any uh, anything that anybody could have coming into pro wrestling. Got a real wrestling background. He's, he has a real wrestling background. We're talking about Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. Let's get into it. American hero, um, Kurt Steven Angle. I like that. Don't call me Ty Angle. <laughs> oh, beautiful. December, born December 9th, 1968 in Mount Lebanon uh, Township, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. That's right. Uh, right grew up of Pittsburgh. With four older brothers, uh, one of whom, Eric, was also a wrestler. Um, Dad was a crane operator and died in a construction accident when Kurt was a teenager. And this changed his life. It he sure said, did. Uh, it made him dedicate his wrestling career to his dad. And you kind of see it because right here in when he's 16, it's this pivotal moment in his life. And he kind of turns and becomes this great collegiate uh, wrestler. And it's crazy. He starts wrestling when he's at age seven, which is very early for yes. this type of a sport. Yes. Um, at least outside of Iowa, as we discussed in our Dan Gable <laughs> episode. Go so ahead and true. listen to that. Um, he was an all-state linebacker in high school in mm-hmm. football, uh, also on the wrestling team as a freshman, was undefeated on the freshman team, qualified for state as a sophomore in junior year, which is probably around the time his dad ends up uh, dying. dying. Yep. Uh, places number three in the state of Pennsylvania, and as a senior in 1987, he wins the state title. Does what we all know he's going to do. So he wins the uh, Pennsylvania state title. Um I don't know what the th- the thing for wrestling is like. Uh, is Iowa just not coming in, or, or do you know what I mean? Because he seems like somebody that has unbelievable potential. Um, he ends up staying in uh, Pennsylvania. Well, maybe that. Maybe he wants to stay close to home. Didn't want to. Oh go to yeah, Penn that's State either. that's actually a pretty good. And also, when you look at the numbers of D one just wrestling programs, it's. Basically like the sound booth at Frank's Little Beauties. They're not working with a real deep bench here, D. You are 100% right. So I'm assuming that's why he went there as far as yeah, the, no, yeah. staying close to Staying home. home, I think, it might be probably the most accurate. So, uh, 
He was in the heavyweight division, uh, which is basically around 275. Um, in 1987, he was the U.S. Junior Freestyle Champion. And in 1988 was the U.S. International Federation of Associated Wrestling Styles, which I'm assuming is just folk style and freestyle, junior world. They really needed an acronym for that I fucking know that. name, I Chris. saw that, and I was just like, oh, all right. But he keeps, <laughs> Too many words! He keeps winning all of these events, essentially, when he's right in the college. So he's like two-time National Collegiate Athletic Association D1 champ. Yes, 1990-92. <laughs> And runner-up in 91. And runner-up in 91. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's good at real wrestling. Yes, he is very great. No need for storylines, anything like that. (laughs) But uh, coming out, because he was born in 1968, he's a real shot to uh, possibly continue his amateur career. Yes. Not necessarily as a student athlete, but as just an amateur athlete. (laughs) An Olympic athlete. (laughs) It is an international. It is um, an international foundation down here. Yeah, uh, some people were thinking he was going to go in 92, but I think it was too close. Mm -hmm. Um, So he just continues to to do what amateur wrestlers are doing is what we see from... Because I feel like from 92 to 95... Yeah. Um, there are stuff, but the, it's not uh, what you hear, like him getting this world championship gold medal. Yeah, it's almost like he's trying to find his way and prepare for these Olympics. And he yes. joins a certain wrestling team still in Pennsylvania at well, this time. Well, in 95, he does win the the WWC in Atlanta. I wrote that down. <laughs> yes. that the Wrestling World Championships. And in Atlanta, there is this... Um, club called the Foxcatcher Club. It's that PA. Oh, it's in PA. Yeah, it's oh, not in okay. Atlanta. No, You're it's right. in Pennsylvania. You're right. I have that literally the next sentence that <laughs> I was reading. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Atlanta. Um, Atlanta wrestling. Um, but he, he gets in, and this is literally the, the club, the factory that's making Olympic stars. You know what I mean? dumping all of that. DuPont money into yes. it. Mind you, this program is being run by someone with severe mental illness. Yes. So um, he's in it for, what, what would you say, like six to eight months? Yeah. It's, it's not like it's that long, but a couple of the guys who are involved in it are brothers who won Olympic gold medals in wrestling back in 84, I believe. Yes. Um, so, unfortunately, um, David Schultz, um, the head coach ends up getting murdered by um, John DuPont. Someone who he viewed as a father figure to David Schultz yes. after his dad. He had, said that passing because I mean, I imagine they were in the uh, same circles being that he was like a, a huge coach in Pennsylvania. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had to have been in these same circles. Um, so it definitely wasn't just six months or whatever. Um, so right after that, they form the David Schultz Wrestling Club because they still wanted to... It's essentially yeah. all of the same wrestlers, and they they were like, oh, we want to pay tribute to our coach who just got murdered. Exactly. Is, it's so crazy going into the trials. It's not stop wrestling, but just stop wrestling for a murderer. That's right. <laughs> so, so this happens in January 96, and then we go to the Olympic trials that year. And uh, what happens to Kurt in these Olympic trials? He breaks, and, and just want to 
So he actually fractured two of his vertebrae. Um, he hemorrhaged two discs, and they said he pulled four muscles all in his neck. And he still qualified um, for this 96 um, Olympics, but he had to take this. He five won the months. trials. He won the trials. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's he, not even he, still. Yeah, you're right. He, he was. He, he just not on the team. Yes, he was dominant for this heavyweight division. That's what everybody was saying. Was just like, oh no, no, no. This is a force that is like unstoppable. <laughs> so he had to take this five month period off, essentially going into the Olympics just to rest this horrific. Neck injury. I'm thinking your average person, if they suffered this injury, would likely still be on disability now. Oh, yes. After they would suffering be, this in 96. They would have a weird limp. It would be a whole thing. <laughs> have a hand kind of like this. Hand you know, a little. Fucked up. That's my little hand. <laughs> this was strong. No, so grab it. Five months of rehab. I'm not laughing at the rehab. I'm laughing at the Scary 2 movie reference. Um, he was saying during this time, though, he became a temporary addict to Vicodin. And and this is something that Ooh. we're going to dip back into in the WWE era, where this is his first venture into being addicted to something. Addicted so, to something. And not just go. winning. Because he's winning while winning. he's addicted to That's other right. things. So makes it to the Olympics in Atlanta. Wrestling in the heavyweight division, and what does he do, Chris? Um, so let's get into this match yes. um, against Iranian. Let uh, me see. Abbas Jadidi. Abbas Jadidi. Awesome. <laughs> um, and both of them are. are this is a uh, unbelievably even match. I was. We were talking about it before the podcast. I said I watched this entire match. If you had me say like who was the winner, if you had me judge it, I would be like I don't know. Outside of what. Literally, the the commentators say why Kurt ends up winning. So I yeah. just want to go over. Um, Adibi gets the first point in like the two and a half minute mark. Um, Angle gets a point later in the match with a takedown. Yeah. So that right off the bat, the second point, which is for whatever reason is good. They both have two passive um, penalties or whatever you want to call them when they're being too passive. Stalling, yeah. Yep. And then right at the end, Kurt shoots and gets not a point, but almost is like the closest you'll get to a point without getting it. And this is what everybody was saying. It was that last bit of aggression. Like he was the last one to shoot for a point. That's what got him that victory, which is if you're Iranian, controversial. If you're American, it's just the way we fly with the Eagles. <laughs> Rock flag and eagle, That's Chris. Correct, That's exactly sir. what it is. So, um, and and he does all this with essentially a broken neck. That's yeah. that's what you have to remember. It's not rehab. It's not done. Like he he literally wins this gold medal with a broken neck. Ends, hey, ends the contra. <laughs> they stop shipping those weapons, Chris. They stop because of Kurt Angle. Like uh, Swayze's mullet stopped the communists in rural Colorado in the eighties. This is or Rocky, how he helped or not Rocky, how Rambo he helped those Al or those freaking uh, what's her name? The Taliban. Oh he dang. Them. He did in eighty seven. You watch, you watch Rambo 3 and tell me that is not the most disturbing shit you've ever seen, the ending credit. I was not thinking you were referencing Rambo 3 until you said that. I thought you were going one, and I was like, where is he going with this? 
All right, let's we just got say. there. We, we got, got there. there. We got there. We danced around it. All right, so so he's uh, the he's, trash man. So this is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yes, he is. Um, this is where he decides to stop being an amateur, start being a pro. Start being a pro. That's right. Pro wrestler. That is a professional. Fixed wrestler, I guess. Well, this is how ridiculous <laughs> nobody else, I feel like as we see other, we're going to get into these other guys that had played other sports and all of that. This is the most ridiculous thing is that he's an Olympic yeah. gold medalist and he's considered an amateur. Now he's going to go and become a scripted wrestler and now we're going to call him a pro. And I love that <laughs> so much that it is, God, I love it. All right. He's got a bucket of chestnuts in his car. You got kids? Not anymore, Kurt. Not anymore. So October 26th, 1996, he goes to ECW's high incident. And uh, basically there. It was a high incident. It was a high incident. You want um, to talk about this? Well, this is interesting because this was what my friends in high school used to watch. Because it was, yeah. uh, it was like on the East Coast and it was like fucking wild. <laughs> so I had seen some of this and I looked up this clip. Um, and it's one guy giving another guy a crucifix or, or um, putting him on a cross with barbed wire. With barbed wire, and Kurt Angle comes out, and I don't even think he wrestles. No, I think he just like talks, and he has his like gold medal, and he's like being like, "Hey, watch ECW, everybody!" Um, and then I guess he told them he was going to sue him. Yep. If they released, so obviously they can like cut it up, and and I think they put them on like a different one. Yeah, but they were like, if you put me on that where that guy gets fucking crucified, um, I, I will sue you outright. And they were like, all right, we won't do that. Well, he had basically said that he thought pro wrestling was beneath him. Yes, but I'm sure in that moment he's like, look, guys. This is beneath me a little bit, but this. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to do that, but really. Well, okay. I saw uh, the WWE actually came in and tried to give him a 10-year contract, yep. mm -hmm. and he denied it because of this, because he thought he was just like, this is ridiculous, like, this isn't, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't real wrestling. That's true. <laughs> you take your gay porn and you get, get out, out of here. here. God damn it. It's one of, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> But oh, South Park. Th this is oh South Park is undefeated. I'm not even. We could go on about that forever. <laughs> um, so he actually, th what changed his mind um, was he was watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he was, and he saw what he said was true athletes doing athletic things or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he 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 was then drawn into it with. Because the strong characters in that, and, and this is what he said. He was just like, I really got into like Stone Cold Steve Austin as a character. Who and I, didn't at this time? And I saw the moves that they were doing, and I was just like, oh, this is some real wrestling. Wrestling. But that's the thing. It, people, you know, they crap on it for like, oh, it's already a fixed outcome. It's like, these people are doing like athletic feats that normal people don't do. Oh no! It is like I mean, it's basically what it is is just physical, ultra physical theater. It is a hundred percent. And if we're if we're not referencing South two different South Park episodes on our episode, it's not a good episode, right? But when they have their wrestling thing and it's literally theater for for rednecks, but because <laughs> God it, damn it, 
And in this, I forgot. But in this era, this is what everybody was saying, where the storylines were so actually well-written and, like, there was all this shit, and that's what actually he said attracted himself to him because obviously he can't go on wrestling. He needs to, like... You can't be 40 years old, like, trying out for the Olympics. Exactly. So he finally uh, signs a contract with WWE. It's a different contract now. It's a tryout contract. It is. And he starts to train with sorry i'm trying to look up who this was uh dory funk jr who was a a a legend in in training professional wrestling because it's not like wrestling you have to throw people soft you have to there's so many things that like or you're legitimately gonna hurt people which gonna sit on some guy's face like the revolting blob exactly killed him he was supposed to pinch me twice when he was running short of air Oh God, that that's a reference that will. All right, who would steal thirty bag lunches, Chris? <laughs> Just laughing, eating lunches. So he signs up. God damn. Um, oh, and it's the Funkin' Dojo. That was what I. Yeah, I love that. Where he oh. went to the Funkin' Dojo, and they said that his development was so quick that they were surprised because. A lot of the times they just don't get, especially coming from wrestling, it's too rough. Whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? There's just shit that you have to learn. He really ascends his way through the amateur ranks. But he, like, embraced the guys that were doing well in the WWF then. He, like, embraced kind of that style, like, all right, this is how I have to play a certain type of character. I'm already athletic enough. They just show me the moves. I'll learn those. But, like, he, like, really got into the non-wrestling side of it. Well, that's what uh, Vince McMahon, who was the owner of the WWF at the time, said that he was just like, uh, we were all impressed by his wrestling skills, and then he would get on the mic, and we were like, oh, shit, he's not... Because he kind of looks maybe... Like he's got some other kind of strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a different kind of strength. Um, But he fantastic he was like and this is what people are saying throughout his his pro wrestling career they were like we never thought he was that funny and man was he actually funny obviously it's like writing but it was you know him developed this character as kurt angle so john cena still acts <laughs> i mean there you go not working with um, the deep bench are we <laughs> so and this is something i actually found kind of interesting um, first match, and they called it a. This is what I'm trying to look up. They called it a behind closed doors or something. So it wasn't it wasn't televised. Yeah. yeah. But first match on the WWF, um, he wrestles Owen Hart, mm-hmm. and then two weeks later, Owen Hart dies. Yeah. So I thought crazy. that was pretty wild. I was just like, that's a crazy first match, um, and then he really skyrockets up the WWF. Uh, they thought he was going to be like a like a good guy. No, uh-uh, but he's going to be a heel. And immediately the they fans are just like, no, this guy's a douche. And it, and to his credit, he was just like, oh, I leaned right into it. We, we saw it immediately. And yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, because, yeah, everyone, you don't want to be the all-American you know, gold that's, medal winner in WWF. If that's who you're going to be, you need to rub it in these people's faces who want wrestling. That's what they thought. And this is the thing that I actually commend the WWF is they just kind of throw it out. And they're like, you like this, right? And everyone's like, boo! And they're like, 
okay, next time they come out, they're like, you idiots. Like, yeah. it's such a quick change where they, they see it and they're just like, okay, they hate you now. Here you go. Here's the script. Yep. Play it up. And Play he did. Up. He did because no one wants to see a 60-year-old man eating trash. No. Well, <laughs> some of us do. I do. Did I catch you, Cricket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So they are not into our theatrics. That is one of my favorite lines. Birds of war. Birds of war. Stomp. Clap. Stomp. 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 Clap. God damn, those boys are genius. All right, so back to Kurt Angle and his wrestling career. So he's moving up the ranks uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, yep. As championship contender. Like yep. He's just as popular as some of the guys that are coming up. Now, like, I mean, like with Stone Cold and The Rock at this particular time period. Um, I guess the thing that pushed them, so I, I, you know, wasn't watching at this time when, uh, I'll tell you when I was watching, is when Macho Man was running wild and I was like five. Um, Hell yes. And he was running wild. That's what was... All right. Anyways, oh, yeah. so I guess he got in a love triangle with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Yep. And that kind of made him a main event because that's the thing that they do. They kind of like test it. And then he got a championship uh, belt. Mm-hmm. So like he went from being like this huge storyline to being a champion. And he was like the suplex champ. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, it like I went through like a highlight thing and it was just like, oh, this guy can just throw anybody around. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he's a real wrestler, so he understands leverage, and he's a heavyweight, so... This is... Uh, I'm just speculating. Um, this is when he got kind of really into roids. Yeah. Um, Which aren't illegal. There, there was talk that he was not into pain pills at this point. Ooh. So I'm just saying this to, to preempt it later. So um, he aligns himself with Edge and Christian, and they do a bunch of funny stuff. This is what I was talking about. Everybody was like, oh, my God. It was like he could actually be funny because he was just like – Because they were feuding with Too Cool and fucking Rikishi. That's hilarious well, and then, in and, and of itself. And they and that's what they said was like he can make fun of himself, and it was like a, a real character that he – like he made Kurt Angle a real character. You know what I mean? Because that's he, weird because it's not a different name. No, that's what I mean. That's what I character. that's what is probably the hardest thing. Was he still Kurt Angle, the cold metal American hero, but he's also this huge goofball in the pro wrestling and people were saying his matches were actually like some of the better matches or whatever. Yeah. That was the other thing I kept reading was was people were like, oh, this match was the shit. Well, like, aesthetically, you have to, if you're WWF, it's manna from heaven because it's like, you don't see the fucking Mickey Rourke and the wrestler stumbling around. It's like, this That's, is an Olympic gold medalist yes. who has his shit together, who's treating this like the profession that it is. Yes. Like, why wouldn't you want that? No, yeah, yeah. So he definitely... Is like a staple now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's it's, beating the rock. He's beating the rock. He he uh He's feuding with Chris Benoit. I was just gonna say it. So like this is when the WWF buys all the other Yeah. So and, and they have like a fake ECW, WCW, it, yeah. They have like a fake invasion or something yep. or whatever. Um so he, he ends up doing a bunch of stuff with Stone Cold Steve Austin in this time. Just badass. Which he said he loved because it was a character that he saw and was just like, Oh, that was someone that would be awesome to work with and then and then this is when this is and he's not 
the best wrestler to be aligned with. But then I think this is when he has this feud with Chris Benoit. Uh-huh. And then I think it was 2002's match of the year was him and Benoit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know what else to say about that. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just let's just say he won that match against Benoit. Um, we'll leave it at that. And then, and this is something I love about wrestling is they become tag team champ or tag team partners and then yeah. champions together well i mean you have to have a storylines going chris without I, that I you mean, know how what? are you going to keep these people locked in without character development the origin story of this tag team makes it so great if you, and you know what one murderer one not one olympic champion Emma, is it wrong to call it trailer park shakespeare i don't think that it is i don't think that it is because i have loved it in a trailer park <laughs> Anyway, he mid, wins, mid, by 2002, ahead, he's won his me. third WWF championship. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. Um, and now he's starting to team up with Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. Minnesota Vikings and W or an MMA fame. Maybe me. we'll do one on Brock Lesnar. That'd be a good one. That would actually be pretty good. We just had, uh, we're, we were spitballing before on who else is going to be on this. And Brock might be the last, uh, Brock might be the last Lesnar that we're are looking for. Um, mm-hmm. He introduces John Cena. So as like his character. Thanks for unleashing those jean shorts on us, Kurt. <laughs> I tried to look up the video. Couldn't find it. Really? No. Well, Cena, see, he I was, couldn't see him. He was in a wheelchair. And what happened was he walked up to him and he placed the jean shorts <laughs> on him in the wheelchair and then saluted him for his service and then he just walked away and then booker t goes you don't want to wear those every day you're gonna wear them out you gotta give them a break i'm just saying that was like two south park and i think like three or four i mean he can go lower chris he can go lower it's because i cut him myself uh, 2003 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar actually wins this, and then so he's the champion. So WrestleMania 19, mm-hmm. he faces Lesnar for the belt. Yeah, um, Lesnar actually beats him, but he has a really bad neck injury. So actually, he I think he comes into this. Yeah, he's already hurt. He's already hobbled. I was gonna yeah. say I think he's coming into this with a really bad neck injury, and then he still wrestles and then goes to um surgery and then this is where and this is what the story that is told because obviously these pain mills are pain meds are just going around the wwf but what he said or what this documentary or whatever i looked at said was this is the moment that he got seriously addicted to pain meds and coming back off of this he essentially couldn't wrestle unless he had them yeah but i mean you think what he's 34 years old now it's not like he's a kid anymore no but still you know your body that's that's the one thing though like people like to make fun of wrestling like pro wrestling and stuff it's like these guys put their bodies still through shit like and it's week in week out and it's not like the nfl where you know you have a week off or it's you know night after night of getting your ass beat like does it matter that it's fixed who gives a shit entertaining oh god and these it's guys so entertaining are so. yeah <laughs> but that's that's literally what it is and to his credit that's what he talked about later after he's been in the in this business he was just like i was stupid to think of this as like a silly fake thing it's like no no, no. these guys are going out and like doing these ridiculously athletic 
moves in an absolutely silly storyline, which yeah. that's the thing I love is they really kept they got out of the racism in the 80s and they really kept the silliness throughout the 90s and the 2000s. Oh, so much silliness. Um so uh 2003 uh SmackDown enjoys his return there in June. Um he has a win uh against Lesnar and uh, the Big Show in the Triple Threat match and wins his fourth WWEF I don't know what they're calling it now, title. Yeah, I was just going to say, I always want to call it WWF. And, and when I do, I'm just like, no, that's not it. That's the world's... Wildlife Fund. Wildlife with Federation. the panda logo. Yep, with the panda. And they sued him so many times to get him to change it. Hi, Mr. Panda Boy. <laughs> what are you doing? So then in, uh, later in 2003, 2004, he starts feuding with Eddie Guerrero. Yep. Another... Now, since past wrestler due to steroids and, well, drugs. Very much. And um, I guess in this point, uh, a lot of the older wrestlers are starting to kind of lose it. So that's what they were saying. His addiction was starting to become a problem uh, backstage. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, that year at WrestleMania 20, um, he uh, starts having the neck issue springing up again after that. Yeah. And my God, this is... I wonder how many they were applying him with. Well, that, this is what is... It's never reported. It's never... You know what I mean? They're not piss testing these guys. Mm -hmm. um, he was saying he was ripping like uh, 40 Vicodin in a day. So uh, on, a, on a wrestling... You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he would have to go out and wrestle. Um, which means he was probably ripping like five, six on a regular day or, you know, whatever, five to 15. And then on a, on like a heavy day, he was just like, oh, I was doing, I took nine once in a sitting. Wouldn't recommend it. That's what I mean is <laughs> he was really addicted to pain meds. And then just like the WWE, they're kind of looking for ways to cut ties and make it look Okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> Make it look like it from natural causes. <laughs> All right, so where do you want to go next with this? Uh, oh, so, okay, so he's about to kind of get... He... he uh, all right, so hold on. Do you want to do the to MMA this. champion fight? That's what I want to almost end on. So he has okay. this thing called the wrestling machine, and he starts doing, the, like, the leg lock a bunch. Yeah. And he starts, like, suplexing a bunch of guys, and, and people are saying, like... In this era, he was getting a little too rough. Yeah. Um, and then we get to this MMA fight where mm -hmm. the, the whatever, for whatever reason, the WWE was trying to bring in MMA into it. And they had these two guys that won, right? Like, or there was like the finalists. Yeah. Uh -huh. And after their thing, he was just like, I'll fight either of you for real. And what, Everybody said they were like, this was completely unscripted. Nobody fucking wanted him to do this. And he throws the first guy up against the ropes or something. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that. I, I don't know exactly what he did, but he kind of like, he puts him in like a headlock. It's a Camaro lock. Yeah. And then he, he gets the other guy or he gets up and then he kind of spears him and like fucking breaks his rib. Yeah, and the what the hold that he had him in was essentially like he ended up pinning himself. But had they not called the match, he would have like snapped his arm. Oh yeah, like snapped his arm. That was off. the other guy because there was yeah. two of them. Uh -huh. So the first guy he fucks up. The second guy puts him in the Kimura, 
and he was just goes, yeah, yeah, I would have bro- I would have broken your arm right there if they didn't end it. <laughs> and that's when I think in the WWE they were like, all right, this guy is unstable. <laughs> uh, we need to cut him. Yep. So they cut him. I think he does some stuff in Japan for a while, which uh-huh. is very, very common where wrestlers get cut and they go to do like a little tour of Japan. Yeah, um, it happens. He comes back to a new- newly formed TNA wrestling. It's an ass Which, wrestling. That's what I swear to God I thought it was. Really? Total nonstop action. It's total nonstop and action. It's an ass. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I guess he was like their biggest signing. He was like a huge signing. He becomes champion pretty soon. He beats this guy named Samoa Joe, which is one of my favorite wrestling names when I was looking at it. I, was just I like, think that was Troy Polamalu's nickname while he played. That's perfect, too. <laughs> he was the uh, submission, Samoan submission artist or something. I was like, all of this is perfect. God damn. Um, his wife ends up becoming part of the um tna wrestling for the first time his wife becomes like a character in it yes she does he is still struggling with addiction and cheating on her well i mean like i mean he's a wrestler yeah we've all seen the wrestler we've all seen the Um, wrestler she divorces him which they then kind of play because they're both characters and (laughs) then she starts dating the part owner of this wrestling federation jeff jarrett Yes, um, who they they write that into the story, the, which so is just fucking bizarre, dude. Just to put it oh in perspective, my God, he's, he's either re- still ridiculously addicted or freshly clean. This is that era; it's hard to kind of tell. And his wife is dating this other guy, and they write it into the story of uh, essentially like his boss or like his. Whatever, like, you know. Oh, my God. Could you imagine going to work and your boss doing that to you? Just it's like, insane. Oh. The fact that he didn't go full Benoit, I want to applaud him on yes. after this. Seriously, though, you should, because they were tag team champs. This could have been the... He could have He could have had the assist in the do-it-yourself project. Um, I'm going to hell. That was terrible. Jesus Christ. Jesus, Tom. Uh <laughs> So, uh, TNA um, champion five times. Yeah, which uh, is crazy. Just to just to wrap that up, he he he, it was there for like almost a decade. Um, he was huge for this organization. Um, he comes back for the WWE to be inducted in their Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but at this time he is so damn old that they pretty much just make him the general manager of Raw. Yeah, and then he has a match with Ronda Rousey, and I remember reading this. And oh, I, was just I know. Like, he this, he was in wrestling this long. Yeah. So he has a like a like a co-ed match, Ronda Rousey, him versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, I think. Um, um, just to, just to bring it all the way back, and this was like the first thing that made him popular. I thought was awesome was the the uh, love triangle with those two. And oh, then, even better. And, right? then it, and then it brought it back. He helps Ronda beat him. Um, and then he pretty much goes on his retirement tour. Yeah, pretty much a retirement tour. Uh, 2017, he's elected to the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. John Cena inducts him, oddly enough. Um, it was uh, his first appearance in uh, 11 years, I think. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for WWE. Or- yeah. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is pretty cool to kind of tie your whole career in a bow for a sport you thought was been or a activity you thought was beneath you. He, um, the only thing he said was he wanted his last match to be against John Cena because he kind of like introduced them. But I think okay. Cena was so damn big at that point. Exactly. It was like, dude, that's not going to happen. We can't have you do it to Cena. Yeah. It, it's more like the, the fight at the end of Rocky Three, the ding, ding. Yes, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say this, to, to wrap it up, he, he is sober now, and he has like a, his own business, and he has a, his second wife with a couple of kids, and, and he's definitely not... Um, the so and this is what I was fearing when I was researching him. You know what I mean when we we find shit yeah. about people. I was just like, is this literally the story of the wrestler? Because I know that's a ton of them go down a dark, dark path. Exactly. And I'm just so glad that he definitely got it. Went like dark and then definitely came back because he he he's he, a, an Olympic champion, an American hero, and. Um, just off of that story of him going and winning the Olympics with his dad dying and the and the fox catcher thing and all of that, I was like, oh, we would have done an episode on him right here. He's like a mix of bigger Dan Gable and uh, Mickey Rourke. And then he... Randy Ram Jam, man. Mickey Rourke. He is... I said it. He's doing it, and he doesn't have to see any Marissa Tomei C-section scars at the strip club. Good for you. Great job, Kurt Angle. Thank you.